0: I have takes and they are hot, all quite ting ting. It's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting. It's the start of. A-A-L. It's the start of the pod. The of the pod is- Hello. Coming to you in a pre recorded fashion. From the League Podcast Headquarters, I'm calling it, <laughs> in Upper good. Arlington, Ohio. Thank you. I am Just Jay, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today, all the way up within driving distance of Jermaine Whiteside, the turkey toppler himself, Chuck Kesa. How the hell are you, Chuck?
1: I will not lie, John, I have been better. In more, <laughs> more ways than one, I have been doing better. Um mm-hmm. Brown stink John they're just they're they just a, they're just awful, and that really puts uh puts a nail biter or uh, put uh puts a nail in the coffin of my emotion. Yeah. um that's better, yeah, they're playing the bills this week. they're probably gonna lose um as I thought that Broncos game was a guaranteed win. They're playing do you even know who they were playing, John at quarterback, the Broncos?
0: It was, um, sorry, it was a third Allen. Yeah. It was, um...
1: Yeah. Hey, he's best known as the third Allen that was playing quarterback <laughs> on Sunday. That's what he's best known as. Don't even know if he knows what his fucking name is. And he, I
0: forget.
1: He was the best quarterback on the field, and it wasn't even close. Baker did not Brandon. play well. The Browns did not play well. Um, so it's, it's very clear that, uh, they can lose to anybody at any given time. Um... So yeah. I'm not looking forward to Sunday. I'm. I think mean, I'm going to the Buffalo Bills game. Um, are you? Yeah, my buddy. I got a whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I'm doing, John. How are you today?
0: Um, I uh, I'm I'm fine. I, I'll I'll warn everyone right now. I took a sick day from work today because uh, Garrison passed along to me whatever he had last week. So, if I am coughing throughout the entirety of this podcast, please know that it is not me like trying to passive aggressively imply something. I actually just have a lot of phlegm at the moment, so just you know, something to keep in mind, I guess, for the remainder of the time.
1: I have to point out, I spent the whole weekend in John and Garrison's house, and I am fine. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I I've been incubating though, so it's been different. Um, <clears throat> anyway. And plus, you also you spent the entire weekend serving uh, at my leisure, which was really you did great, Chuck. You did fantastic.
1: I'm glad, you know. And I think I was thinking I was like, it was only going to be fun and funny if I committed to it. And so that's that's what I did. I think I did a good job. I don't think I, you know, I think I was a good sport about it.
0: I think you you were a very good sport about it. I will admit, I tried to take it a little bit easier on you, as it was your birthday. <laughs> I, I oh.
1: think that's just better. That's just better.
0: I was not going to have you, like, <clears throat> wipe my ass or something. <laughs> I, I wasn't actually gonna, I wasn't going to do that. So, <laughs> Well, then we would have had some issues, so I'm glad yeah. I didn't go there. Um, okay. Well, fantastic. Uh, well, we got a great pod for you guys today, I think, as I always think. Uh, we got some interviews. We got some rankings of a questionable quality, and we have quite a lot of Commentary from Chuck Kesa, but before we dive into all that fun stuff, let's recap the past week's action. Week nine, we open things up with a battle of A versus B as the newly elected. Uh, Kumish took on Brian and his squatches. Alex's Ramsless crew looked pretty sour all the way through this one, as 8.6 from TJ Hakapa, 5.3 from Bob Anderson, and 1.6 from the Elite. Alan Robinson II will win very few games for you, folks. Brian's team, to their credit, didn't leave anything in doubt. 23 from Gala Knight, 27 from DK Metquad, and Third and nine from Russell Athletic Wilson carry Bryan easily to victory here as Carver comes for Alex in his first game after the coup. Final, Brian, 144.6, Alex 91.6. In a battle of the wild,
1: wild west, Colin and Paul met to square off in a matchup of opposite ends of the division. Collin swung first as the Kittlecat scratched and clawed the Cardinals' defense and routed to 20 points in a hot start for Kylan. But in this one, Paul would counter, blow for blow, And 15 from Marksman Henry would line up the shot Paul needed to get his team rolling. Paul turned up the Jets and dropped the hammer, as Mike Myers Evans shagged his way all over the Seahawks' defense on his way to 36 points in a huge day. Paul didn't stop there, Philip Lindsay had crashed his car into the Browns' linebacking core and threw up 15 big ones, while Austin Eckler struck late to grab 13. The stage was set for Collins to step up to the plate and deliver the killing blows. De'Andre Cleveland Hopkins International Airport soared high in the streets of London, scoring 19, and Jameis Winston used his crab like elusiveness to pinch the Seahawks for 20 of his own. Paul might have dropped the hammer, but Colin swung back with the battle axe as Tyler popped lock and drop and danced on the face of the Buccaneers defense scoring 40 and putting the nails in Paul's coffin this week.
0: Colin 137.6 Paul 119.3 Next we move on to our annual preview of the Toilet Bowl as Ben took on Mike in his races. Ben looked like he had a shot to steal a much-needed win in this one, with 19 from B. and Watson, 17 from DJ Spin That Shit Some More, and 22 from David Montgomery, Alabama, opening up an early lead. But Mike came hungrier than he would be for a dinner at Thurman's, using 28 from Kenyon Drake Graham, and 26 from Tyreek How Is He That Fast Hill to slash Ben's lead down to almost nothing. Ben needed a miracle, but even a rally cat couldn't stop Dak Prescott's tots from pulling this one out for Mike. Final, Ben 110.7, Mike 130.2. In our next matchup, Zach won, Chuck lost.
1: And finally, we take... Just just kidding, just kidding, only a coward like Alex would back down like that. In this matchup, a man took out a ball of anger and emotion as Chuck and Zach faced each other in quite a game. Zach started strong, grabbing 20 as on Church Bell survived Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Josh Jacobs' ladder got in on the action as well, ascending his way in route to 24 of his own. But Chuck wouldn't be held down for long as Curtis Samuel Kesa got lost in the sauce on his way to 16 and Melvin Gordon Bombay got behind the flying V of the Chargers O-line for 26 of his own. Derek Racecar drove circles around the Lions, scoring 20, and Devers Landry actually caught the pass for Baker Mayfield and somehow found the end zone, scoring 17. Zach in the Monday night with the lead, thanks largely to the efforts of Tom Brady, who went long stretches, only giving the ball to the prophet Muhammad Sanu, racking up 24 points in the process. Are you ready for some football? Because this game came down to the Monday night party late surges from Saquon Barkley to Martin Cooper made it appear as if Chuck would be able to escape with a narrow win, But on the final play of the game, uh, A Daniel Jones strip sack led to a meaningless scoop score for the Cowboys and sank Chuck's bi-week riddance ship. Pat Shimmer continues to find new ways to fuck Chuck, and Devaro Bowman is officially off the hook.
0: Zach 134, Chuck 127.7. And finally we take you to yet another rumble on the ranch, as my raging Rutledges took on Gary's Scurries. The Rutledges looked in control early, with 17 from Josh Definitely Not Buck Allen, 19 from The Bergs' Defense, and 37.6 from Born Again McCaffrey setting the tone. But Gurry is no stranger to a comeback, as 25 from Zach Earth's Renicar, car 26 from MJJ, and 25 from Derek Henri, left him clinging to a lead let, heading into the Monday night matchup. Sadly, rather than throwing a touchdown to Evan Ingram, Danny Dimes decided to gift the Cowboys a fumble recovery a scoop and score a touchdown. Gurry wins, but the knowledge that Chuck also loses eases the sting for the Rutledges. Final, Rutledges 135.6, Gurry 141.4. And that is your action from week nine. <clears throat> that was fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I f- it felt appropriate for going the the circumstances.
0: Right, you got me. That was, uh, you got me good. For
1: yeah, so for the yeah for those that you're probably about to say this, but I said John before we started. Hey John, just so you're aware, my recap for me and Zach is really really short. And so John was just like, "Oh, he's done. I'm just gonna roll on to my to the next one."
0: So I was prepared to be unprepared, which is brilliant. Really, that's that's great work. That's great podcasting right there. Uh, John, the the
1: the giant, the giants. What were they doing? Just go go into the. The only thing that can happen there is bad. Um, Do they care if Daniel Jones throws a garbage touchdown to somebody? Does that really do anything for his development?
0: It's it's one of those things where I think they're just trying to like, they were like, oh, we're going to get him some experience running a two-minute drill type of thing. And instead, he just turned the ball over like two more times. Yeah,
1: it was experience against a two-minute drill in which the Cowboys were rushing for. Which, by the way,
0: thank you, Giants offensive line,
1: for just being awful. And we're playing with ten-yard cushions. Yep, that, that's that's the two-minute drill you're going to be
0: you're going to be seeing. It's um, I mean, yeah, I I was pro that strategy because I needed Evan Ingram to score a touchdown. So I wasn't really thinking about it in the context of. Winning the game, because I've given up on that. I gave up on that before the first yeah. the opening kickoff. But, yeah, it was, uh, I guess when you put it in terms of, like, what were they actually doing as a team? Questionable. Uh, but yeah. Pat Shermer, as we know, isn't a really good coach.
1: So it's funny. So I'm up by three. Okay, uh, this is, I'll just give everybody a little. This was my this was my play by play, blow by blow on that final drive. I'm up by three points. I'm like, okay. As long as he throws like one pass to Saquon for a few yards, I'll be safe from like what could be disaster. Okay, which he does. He throws a pass to Saquon for like four yards. You know, the clock is running. The, the Giants, luckily, are not calling the, the timeout they have left. So it's like, they're, okay, they're are going to let this game end. But they're just gonna, you know, run normal plays. Dan Danny Dimes gets sacked, I'm only up by two now. I'm like, okay. What? Now I'm kind of in the danger zone, yeah, because a strip because a strip sack is a three point play for the defense, mm-hmm. which would cause me to lose. I'm like, okay, this I'm up by like two point four, I think actually. I'm like, this man can throw an interception. Can, somebody can fumble the ball as long as he does not get strip sacked or Throw a pick six or no, a stupid score, then I'm okay. Then, of course, I, I saw that the end coming around, I'm like, he's gonna get this ball. As soon as the, the guy got off, the, I was like, he's gonna, this is gonna be a fumble. Like, he's, he is strip sacking him right here. And lo and behold, I would have lost, I believe. Well, actually, so here's the thing I was up by two. If the Giants offensive linemen would have recovered the, the fumble, I'd have been okay. I think it only would have been a one-point play. Yeah, but, of fine. course, no, he just he just kicks it out more. <laughs> the, the DB for the Cowboys, of course, going to run that back because it's a fucking Cowboys versus the Giants. He's not going to, like, just, you know, fall down on it. No, yeah. And I lost, yeah. They're
0: going for they're going for blood, even. Yeah, exactly. Three touchdowns, two touchdowns, whatever they were at that point.
1: Now, I checked the line because I was like, maybe at least somebody got a bad B so I can make myself feel better. The Cowboys were already covering because they were, I think, like, four, only four, only four or five point favorites. What? Um, That's the same. Maybe it was 11. I think maybe it was 11. They were up by 12. Sorry. I think it was 11. They were up by 12. Um, But the over under was 48, which it was at 48 points when he (laughs) fumbled that. So the over hit the under loss. So that's a bad beat still. So I'm happy about that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh, Speaking of Pat Shermer, also just to draw it back to him. I've I've obviously, I've only had two seasons with him. How can he possibly look that confused on the sideline that frequently?
1: It's, it's, it, there's some, so it's Ryan Rossillo, I think, has coined a term. It's called coordinator face. Like Freddie Kitchens has it, Pat Shermer has it, um, uh, Jay Gruden had coordinator face, where it's just like they just don't, where it's like when, when they have the play sheet in front of their face calling plays, they're fine. That's coordinator face. But as soon as you drop it down and they're, like, deciding or thinking, it they look like the are retarded. It
0: looks so bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, watching him being like, I try to challenge this pass interference. It's so funny to watch these coaches, these dumb ones, trying to decide if they should challenge a pass interference call. I mean, we got it last night with Pat Trevor. It's just like, yep, this is going to be awesome. It's,
0: it, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. But, again, my expectations are so low that, I mean, we were in that game. We got Rally Cat which realistically was better than a Giants win to me, to be completely honest with you.
1: Yeah. I, so I want to just, just talk about, talk about that. So I have to actually coming back from my, uh, Virtus training, about uh, uh, sexual assault on children, uh,
0: that you should, class, you should probably clarify why you're there, by the way, because that does not sound. Yeah, yeah,
1: good. yeah. So, yeah. So I'm coaching my brother's high school basketball team. And you have to go to this training. uh, to show that you are aware of the dangers and how to, the warning signs of when a kid could potentially be a victim of child molestation or, or sexual assault or something. So that's why I was there. Thank you. I did. not, uh, I'm not, I've not been accused of it myself. <laughs> I'm no. just saying that's what it I sounded see. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, John. I appreciate <laughs> you doing that. Um, so I'm driving back and Kevin Harlan was doing the call with Kurt Warner on the radio oh, for West yeah. one. And So the cat happens, and he's like, the cat's on the field. And then he started calling, commentating. It was the game. So the the Giants run a play, um, but they threw the ball to Evan Ingram. So he's calling that. He's He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at the – to... It was like he poorly totally committed, like went with it, called it as if it was like a running a play. So props to Kevin Harlan uh, for that. It was very, very funny.
0: Yeah, uh, and of course, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, as we know, a uh, big fan of the pod. So, you know, yeah. obviously – Yeah, big fan of the pod. We love any time we can give Kevin some love in return. So thanks again, buddy. Uh, all right, well, now that we've covered the – Frankly, shockingly interesting events of the Giants. I'm going to see.
1: If, I'm going to see if I can find the clip of the audio and send it to you, John, to put in the podcast. Oh, I can there.
0: find. I saw it in a lot of tweets, honestly, so I could probably track it down. Okay, yeah, put that in there because I thought it was hilarious. Okay, I'll cut it over what you were. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> well, now, folks, uh, we're going to move into some of our segments, our interviews, and you know, we're actually going to move first to our interview with. I must begrudgingly say our new commissioner who uh, is going to give us a truly illuminating interview. So we're going to take you guys to that right now.
2: Two plus two is four.
0: Minus
1: one, that's three quick maths. Every day man's on the block. Smoke trees.
0: See your girl in the park. That girl was a uckers. When the team went quack, 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 you man was ducking. Okay. And now we're going to move on to the, uh, I suppose, long awaited, interview with uh our
2: new commissioner as of a week ago welcome to the pod yeah how's it going um it's kind of convenient because as john and charlie know i was supposed to do this last week and i put up a stink because i knew that they were gonna wait until i lost my first game and i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna come on after a loss and even though i lost this week i won in other ways so <laughs> i got my way I told can't, him I'm can, on the you, you
1: can't argue with that. He definitely won in other ways.
0: He won in distinctly other. He definitely did not win on the fantasy football field, but other ways. So congrats, Alex. Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Um. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, let's just dive straight in. Chuck, would you like to lead off the question or should I?
1: I can lead it off, John, if you don't
0: mind. Okay. Please. All
1: right, Alex. Um. First off, how are you doing today, Alex? Uh,
0: It's good. That counts, by the way. That's one. one All
1: right. Then question two is, (laughs) do you worry that you've begun your trip down a slippery slope of sexual favors now that you've got the Portuguese curse pick out there?
2: (laughs) I don't know what sexual favors can come about from the Portuguese curse, but uh well, well i guess you guys did you did you did force me or I, we extorted you kind of,
0: y- yeah y- you, you
1: were you were fairly easily extorted for was essentially a sexual favor
2: that's, tr- that's true that's when you yeah yeah that's fair um i did hold my ground and i said that i will not be taking another picture if no one had screenshotted it so i that's- let me put it to you this way i'm like on a scale from one to ten, ten being like easily extorted, one being like no way you're getting anything, I'd say I'm about a seven.
0: What <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I think be like a three, possibly a four. No, I'm like a seven.
2: <laughs> I'm I, mean, I, already, I mean, I already like I already pulled the trigger on like I'm doing realistically Realistically, on a human body, on a male human body, there's only there's really only like maybe three. Well, three.
1: What are the the three? (laughs)
2: Three Walk us through this. Three three private parts. It's it's obviously the PP. It's obviously it's obviously the sack, and then you have your your booty and your your b hole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the b hole. Yeah, the b hole um the ain't ass but yeah um yeah um so, so well, doing do alex want-
0: if i could come across you for one second to explain for because some of our listeners for whatever reason do not know what we're talking about here so alex would you like to take a second to sort of own the narrative and uh describe what happened to you this week describe what happened to me this week um In terms of, like, what is the Portuguese curse? Why do I have a photo of it, like, fairly easily accessible to me? Okay.
2: Yeah, well, so, I mean, I guess this is kind of more for Ben, because everyone else was involved. But, yeah, Portuguese curse. This
1: is for our random listeners in the Philippines. Shout out out those people.
2: That's right. I I forgot those those three or four. Okay, so, basically, the backstory is this. And, again, one second. I just have – give me – that was, that was a loud do not ding. Do not disturb. Yeah, do, not di- do not disturb. Uh, you know, getting more of this. You got, you, got, you got to be careful with those Snapchats I'm sitting in. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Portuguese curse. So for background, um, people were talking about the Irish curse, which I think is, it's big, big, it's long, a, small, small. Big balls, small. Yeah. It, it's big balls, uh, small penis. Yeah. Big balls, small penis. I don't know if we, there's an inverse curse of that where you have Big penis, small balls. I guess it's not really a curse, but anyway. If, if, if you, if you
1: got a giant dick, I think your ball sack is just small in comparison, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So I don't like to think I, I made it up. That's the, the Irish
1: thing. blessing, as,
2: as I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's So I was trying to think that day. I was like, well, what, what are we leaving out here? And then I was like, big ball, small sack. And then I was like, you know. That kind of applies to me. Like, I feel like I always do have a big balls and small sack. I feel a little bit constricted down there, like, especially when I sit down. I know I have some pants I wear, and it just always feels like every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I got to stand up. I got to, like, pull my pants down. I got to, like, stretch it out, maybe get a little blow dryer, you know, get it warm down there, get the sack loose, you know, kind of let things kind of rig them a roll and stuff. But, um, yeah, and so that's how the Portuguese curse was created obviously create a lot of intrigue once i once I told people that I have that condition, especially Mike Mike was a big when are we gonna see it? when are we gonna see it when are we gonna see it and then sure enough, you know they just found the perfect opportunity to extort that and uh I figured you know what like this is a great way for the new um you know the new the league ownership to understand how this league's gonna get run and the type of person they've elected so really no other better way than following through with your word and doing what the people want and uh, sending a picture of the Portuguese curse in your ball sack to their whole group and then making it the group (sighs) photo. So, yeah. So, yeah, Uh, in summary, yeah,
0: you were extorted for a picture of your balls that we then made the group photo of our league group chat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's. I, can't I, can't believe that I mean
2: seven? Yeah.
1: Really? You know, <laughs> a seven out of
2: ten? I got a question. Is this like, have I said my name yet? Because <laughs> I just realized this is going on the Spotify and if anything were to somehow <laughs> happen and it's like, hey, my name is <laughs> <laughs> But anyways. I have not I said your last name. No, it'll, your
1: first it'll, name. It'll be up to for Jay here to uh, to make sure of that in post editing, post production that, you know. I'm going to bleep
0: your name. <laughs> That's true i'll like voice modulate it too so that it comes in really deep like the people they have on dateline (laughs) um well okay well let's move on let's move on to our next question uh so alex this one uh is personal to me so please take it seriously did you okay did you plan my demise or have you just been failing upwards this entire time (laughs) Failing <laughs>
2: <laughs> first. No, no, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Um, so what, happened was, <laughs> what happened was is you know, so when you got. I'm not gonna lie. When you got like like chosen as commissioner, I was like a little jealous because I'm not gonna lie. I always kind of wanted to be commissioner one day. Um, I wasn't planning your demise. Like I didn't think any of this would happen. But when I put my name, so I said hey, I'll throw Commissioner Aces in the hat for the Commissioner spot. Once, like, people were joking around about that. Um, two people, I'm not going to say who. Mike and Paul. Yeah, and I was going to say, okay, I know who it is. Mike and Paul Um, immediately texted me and were like, like, do you actually want to try to be Commissioner? I was like, I mean, kind of, like, that'd be kind of cool. And so we kind of started to reach out to people and they did a lot of they did a lot of um, what do they call it? Whipping of the votes, I think, is what you call it. That's exactly what um, it's called. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, I also kind of helped in there. I obviously signed the blood oath with Zach, which was pretty clutch. Um, and so like I didn't like the first time it happened. The first time you got in, like almost impeached, we're like, we both we all said like we're not you know, this isn't gonna happen until after. Like this is gonna happen between the next season, um, and the end of the year. Like, you know, there's just no way. And then sure enough, the following Wednesday, the impeachment hearings became a you know, came up again and we're like, All right, guys, we've gotta set this in motion, you really gotta put this forward. And it worked out this time. And uh so my the answer to my question is no I wasn't plotting your demise. But when your demise arrived, I took advantage of it. And I, yeah. I, uh, Alex, that sounds a lot like you were planning my demise as you were <laughs> actively
0: seeking out votes to impeach me.
2: I, I <laughs> So once the impeachment like words started getting tossed around and then people were actually like, hey, yeah, you'd be kind of cool to be commish. I was like, all right. So
0: Paul and Mike just played Koch brothers here is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, which means they're probably going to extort me for sexual favors.
1: You're already (laughs) at a seven, seven, so (laughs) might as well. (laughs) That's fair.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Okay. Well, thank you for answering. I mean, that that was illuminating, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Chuck, you want to take us? Yeah. um,
1: Mr. (laughs) My final question is this Have fun editing that out, John. Um, (laughs) What are your thoughts on the awesome Uh trivia questions I wrote?
2: What are your thoughts on the awesome trivia questions? Um, yes, what are your
1: thoughts on the awesome trivia questions that I wrote? I like to,
2: I like to repeat the question for myself. Um, but thank you. For doing I thought they were good. I thought they were good trivia questions. Um, I spent that entire afternoon studying for them. Once I found out that that's what was going to happen. And unfortunately when I studied for them, particularly with the NFL, I didn't study a lot of recent NFL. Like, I don't know why I just didn't like I studied, like, who was the first Super Bowl winners? When was the first Super Bowl played? Who was it played against? Like, a lot of, like, older things. And I didn't really focus a lot on stats and stuff. A lot of those questions, I feel like there were three questions I should have gotten right if I had just, like, cooled off and just really thought it through. The Peyton Manning one, I should have gotten correct. That is correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, like uh, I obviously didn't, but yeah the um largest college question i i remember as soon as you said ucf i was like crap and texas a&m i thought asu was such a lock i just remember that ucf once you said ucf and texas a&m i was like God damn it. i knew those two were bigger like i remember looking that up i was kind of upset with myself and then the Terrell Pryor question or the or the second td question I was kind of upset with myself because I knew Dwayne Haskins was not the correct answer. Like I actually knew that. Yeah. Um, I knew that Dwayne Haskins, he threw 51 touchdowns or 50 touchdowns. And he, I remember looking at it. Cause I looked at that like literally a couple hours earlier that that was not correct. I just, my brain just blanked. And I was like, I just couldn't think of, I knew it wasn't Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller didn't throw enough TD passes. So I was like, God, I just can't think of anyone. And yeah. So that was when I, once you said trial prior, I'm like, God, that doesn't make sense. So those were the three I was like, if you give me more time or, you know, if I take my time a little bit more and maybe I have like 15 seconds just to like not have as much pressure, I get right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The 10 second thing was strictly because I wanted to avoid much as possible. What a quick Google search. Yeah. yeah, turn up Because Google now, if you just type in a question, it just pops up with the answer. You don't have to like, click on a link or anything. So I was trying okay. to very much avoid that.
2: But the OSU Heisman one, I was like, I am studying all six. I'm like, I don't care if I need to like, you know. I was like, I'm studying all six. And I don't care if none of these questions get asked on any of them. I was like, doesn't matter. I got to know the six Heisman Trophy winners. And then I got to know the years um, – Oh, it's you! Won the national title, and I was like, uh, "Yeah," and I just got lucky. Frankly.
1: Alex, my question for you is: you know, the the backup tiebreaker—if you both tied again—was can you name from the year two thousand to the year twenty eighteen oh, the yeah. first overall picks in the draft? How would you have done there?
2: Oh, I would have done. I would have done so bad. Okay, I I would have done so bad. i I like I'm not even joking. In thirty seconds. I might have gotten like three or four. I think you could you would have gotten the last three or four, right? From like golf. I mean, I mean, okay. So I, w- I would have gotten golf, Garrett I Mayfield, you would've I would've gotten- and Baker. Um, but like, I I would have just been yelling out names, like any name, just like God damn it. Yeah, like yeah, you probably would have beat me there, John, for sure. Uh, well, oh well, too yeah. late now. Yeah. So that's kind
0: of <sighs> it. All right. Well, uh, then we'll get around to the last questions. Or, and I, actually, this one, the last one, Alex, uh, I'm taking lazy on you. I'm not going to make this last one a question. I'm going to give you an open platform here to uh, take this time to quell any potential rebellions that are brewing as we speak.
2: <laughs> um. Okay. Uh yeah, then expect this. Speak from the heart. But yeah, I mean I mean, here's the deal. Fellas, fellas and owners of this league, um, here's a situation that we have in front of us. We have a commissioner who within his first week, okay, quelled the rebellion about the whole Rochester thing. We got Columbus, we got Jeff Ruby's, it's booked, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. That was off that was a huge issue when John was commissioner. That's no, done. not that issue, that issue is resolved. OK, that's the first thing
0: I had already Next resolved thing we that. Did
2: is we as we initiated the 60 yard field goal six point rule effective as of Wednesday of last week. That was, again, a hot and contentious issue for at least the last three or four weeks. And that was resolved. And in addition, just to cap it all off, uh, we have the ball's picture, um, which. Again, I don't think that that's that is history making. I don't think anyone has seen. I haven't seen anyone else's body parts out of all you nine guys. So, um, well, I think I think three, you, I think
1: you being a seven makes you an easy
2: target. I, I don't think I don't think there's been a commissioner in this league that has done more in his first week than I have. And on top of that, on top of that, I rewrote the impeachment rules. I rewrote um, the like the revote or the recall election rules. Uh, I got those out within a day. So And then you forgot new, rule, new rules have been written and have been created and instituted. You got the balls picture and then Jeff Ruby's is signed, sealed delivered, and again I um, I'm paying for a special treat during that night. So um that you guys have not been uh, made known to yet. So Wow. Big nudes. Yeah. That's maybe big nudes. There's a room. There's a room. <laughs> But, but yeah, um, I, again, I would, with all due respect to you, John, and you, Chuck, I think both of you guys have done fantastic jobs when you guys were commissioners. You but clearly I do not believe other, that. I don't think there's been another commission who's done more in his first week as commissioner than either of you guys. I, I thought, you know, I think
1: inventing the league was pretty important.
2: <laughs> I was about that's to say, pretty important, but that's a few mouse clicks from SPN. He he wrote all the rules. I wrote an entire set of (laughs) bylaws, Alex. Were they all all written in the first week? Um, Yes, they were. I'll have to check the statistics on that. (laughs) Make make an assessment. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. (sighs) Anyway, um, that's my my argument. And... uh,
0: so in summary, you are a commissioner with no backbone who will do literally anything because, as Chuck has uh, outlined and reminded us, you are at a seven here.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you're at a seven. but the sexual favors—that's different. That's a different. That's a different circumstance. It sounds like you'll do anything.
1: It's, it's a slippery slope, Alex.
2: It is a slippery slope, but I, I think it's a slippery slope to more sexual favors, not a slippery slope. To other, to other things.
0: You have so, already sold yourself for a vote. I, I think you'll continue to do it, but I guess we'll just have to wait. And see. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I sold myself for a whoa. Man, you a blood out. packed that you that's, that's, went back that's on. Not selling.
2: Is it not? No, it's not selling. It's it's called the art of you the deal. You made a deal for a vote. Yeah, the art of the deal,
1: and then you didn't deliver,
2: which is very well, important in the <laughs> art of the deal. People didn't deliver. People didn't deliver. So, so you made a promise you couldn't keep. I said. "Why? I, I said, no. All right, course, all right, I was- we're, we're arguing semantic.
1: <laughs> let's, let's just move on.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, all all right. right. In 20, so. All right. So uh,
0: thank you, Alex, for taking the time to answer all of our very contentious questions. Uh, we are now going to move on to uh, a little segment that Alex is actually going to be running for us right now that we are calling PPR. Little Wayne, what type of food do you like? Pussy. So, Alex, would you like to explain to us what PPR stands for?
2: PPR is the Pussy Power Rankings. Um, initially created last Wednesday. I, I ca- uh, can't believe it lined up that well yeah. with PPR. I
0: gave Alex some um, feedback that Pussy <laughs> Power Rankings sounds
2: terrible, so we, we're going with this. So, yeah, a little background. Before we recorded this, John was like... Really, pussy power rankings, Alex. You got to come up with a better, better name than this. And I'm like, you know what, John? PPR. You
0: did on the I spot. didn't say exactly,
2: that, but I said, I said John PPR, and he's like, you know, yeah. And then I said, we are a PPR league. You got to understand and that. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Anyways, so why don't you run through it for us, Alex?
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your commissioner, Alex Avila. Alright, tonight we are going to run through our Pussy Power Rankings PPR. Is he doing doing a voice? Oh yeah. Of the Norwich Football League season. Alright, starting out at number 10, which means the least pussy. Commissioner Alex so big week for Alex this week, as you all may know. Elected Commissioner of the League. In addition, he posted a picture of his balls in the group chat. Moving on to number nine, we have Mr. Mike Ong. Not only did he support me in my re-election, or well not sorry, not re-election, my election, but also he had an amazing Jeff Ruby's order that he laid out each and every single item that he's going to order. Not only do we have chicken for an appetizer, we have the hatchet for a main course. Just truly, truly, awe striking. And then also we have, of course, who cannot forget the oh, industrial I'm ball striking? Is <laughs> that what he just said? He did. We have the industrial. We have the industrial ball hair cleaner that that just kept it off. Definitely not a pussy for that. That's coming in at number nine, Mike Ong. Now moving on to number eight, we have Paul DeFrancis. Obviously, again, another big fan of the commission. Alex Avila, helping me get elected. Can't deny that at number eight. And moving on to number seven, we have Garrison Brown, who not only yesterday, he had a perfect nine out of nine likes on one of the messages he sent. Cannot, you know, that is just quite, quite an amazing accomplishment. What, what do you guys think? Ten out of ten, but go on. Well, he didn't like his own message. He did. So, he, I mean, maybe he did. <laughs> but, but, okay. Okay. Rolling on to number six, we have Mr. Brian Easterling. Um, this is kind of where it got kind of difficult here in the middle. Um, nothing really to differentiate himself this week. Uh, didn't really make a pussy out of himself, but also didn't do anything uh, super amazing. But he did – we did find out that he did take a girl on a date, and that's that, my friend, is – That, my friends, makes him number six, not number five, which is Colin Levis. I don't think anything this week made him bad or good, um, made him pussy or non-pussy. He's just just rolling, and that's Colin. So Colin at number five. Next at number four, we have Mr. Ben Hood. Um, Ben Hood was one of the most ardent people against the vote. He was extremely for keeping John as the commissioner. He was extremely against any sort of impeachment proceedings. Um, and also Ben is arguably one of the worst players in this league. Now he does improve or from number one, or, or excuse me, he does do worse from number 10 last week for beating me. But um, yeah, remember Ben Hood at number four. Moving on to number three, um, Zach Weatherly. uh, Still lives in Seattle. That hasn't changed since last week. And also one of the biggest moves, he said that he was afraid of eating French onion soup before having his steak because it would spoil his dinner. That is the exact opposite of Mike at number nine. I have to put him at number three. Nine divided by three is three. Mike is three times more better than Zach. And Zach is three times more than pussy than Mike. So Zach at number three almost capping off our list here we have charlie at number two charlie of course even though he did vote for me and is a big fan of the new commissioner he did promote john to commissioner after he decided to step down um and honestly he kind of left him bone dry i mean i just didn't see anything in the in the group to, to really say you know i don't know he just he just was like yeah we're gonna let this thing roll and Mm-hmm. I don't think
1: I, I don't think he's using rigmarole correctly. Is, I'm all so
2: Charlie, Charlie at number two, and I'm sorry, John, but no, that not. does leave you. You're not sorry. At, at number one, um, I mean, you lost your game in fantasy. You lost your game in the commissioner's vote. Um, you you're, all that's left is really like a nice Captain America shield that I saw Colin give you. And um yeah, so in sum we have John, Charlie, Zach, Ben, Colin, Brian, Garrison, Paul, Mike, and Alex. That are your PPR rankings for week nine. Week ten. Thank you very much.
0: Are Um. <clears throat> Chuck, would you like to take this one? I need a moment to collect my thoughts. I don't want to speak and start vomiting.
1: Any list in which I am more of a pussy than Brian is just <laughs> inherently just irrational and incorrect. So I just want to throw that out there. That's really my only comment.
2: Um, Speaking of Charlie, Brian. Uh, Charlie, uh, go ahead. Did you take a girl off five dates this week? Because Brian did. Brian did. And you know what? Got to give props to Brian. Got to give props to my to my good boy, Brian. He also beat me this week. So that's kind of important. Um, you So far, Brian is... Brian's one and one against me and your own one, so hey, 500 beats 000. So
1: 500 does beat <sighs> 000, hundred, I suppose.
0: Um, speaking of Brian, uh a yes, Brian does sling dick. That's a that's a very fair point. Um, however, I should point out that I feel like Brian actually owes you something here, Alex, cuz I didn't think that any form of rankings could make Brian's power rankings look good, but boy did you make a good case just
2: then for that. I don't know. I don't know. I thought – I don't know. It's clear that you do Two for two. I'm two for two. Put it that way. I'm 100% with my power rankings. I've done it consecutive weeks. I don't know if Brian has is, is, is that perfect of a record with um, making sure he stays consistent. So
1: I'll just say we got more into the actual timeline of Brian's relationship this past weekend – You'll you have to talk to him about it's it, Alex, because it is very, very yeah. funny. Once, once you break down into it, it's very, very funny.
2: Yeah, just text okay. him after this.
0: He'll okay. be happy
2: to tell you about it. All right. Well, we we
0: well I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, I hey. thank you for that, Alex, and, and coming on. Um, well, uh, I think that'll about uh, do it for PPR. But, Alex, would you like to share any uh, final nuggets of wisdom before we let you go?
2: No, I just want to say again, thanks again, everyone, for letting me to be commissioner. Um, really excited for the rest of the season. Really excited to see how the rest of the season shakes out. Um, really excited for Jeff Ruby's on January twelfth. I think it's the eleventh, but close enough. Eleventh, 11th, yes, eleventh. 11th. Should probably um, figure that out. Make sure, Alex. One the reservations at eight thirty. I know that, and I, and I do have the email. God knows what um, day, but it's at eight thirty. But. Uh, and then yeah, then good luck against me this week, Charlie. Um, yeah, you're yeah, yeah you're gonna need it, Alex. Good luck to you as well. You're gonna need it. That's
0: all I got. Okay. Yeah, thanks, well, guys. Yep, yeah. Alex. Thank you again. Uh, good luck in the impeachment votes to come.
2: Yeah, and uh, by the way, can you put like? You know, like Lil Wayne says says pussy really cool. Can you kind of put that at the beginning of the pussy power rankings? It'd be kind of cool. That,
0: I was going to look for a, a, a you know, we're, we're not doing this on live and air. Thanks, Alex. Get in that motherfucking pool. Get up in the Get up in the Okay. Well, Alex, once again, thank you for that. Thank you for uh, kind of sitting down, even though you knew that we were going to come after you a little bit uh but i think he he handled himself well enough
1: i can't believe he's a 7 <laughs> i can't believe he's a 7 out of 10
0: it and he the fact that like we pointed it out and he like and maybe he dug his heels in cuz like he said it and realized it was dumb and like was like ah shit what well, i committed but the fact that he committed is tough
1: yeah, I mean, I was like, it'd be, oh, maybe like a two or a three, not really my thick. No, seven. Probably will happen again. Like, that was basically what he said. <laughs> it's probably going to happen again.
0: Once again, anything above a zero is relatively worrisome. <laughs> this is true. Like, especially for, like, the low, we weren't saying, like, you know, gun to your head. Are you sending somebody a dick pic? We were saying under normal, like, we threaten to impeach you as our fantasy football commissioner. Like stakes. Yeah. Alex is just sending a dick pic seven out of ten times apparently. Yeah. So that's just
1: Incredible. that will be that'll be a storyline to watch going forward.
0: That's <laughs> I mean he already fucked up and sent us that Snapchat accidentally. And so green lit it being screenshot is the it would have been one thing if we screenshot it he's,
1: he's already fucked up again with that back rub Snapchat he sent us this morning.
0: That I didn't even realize that. Like I didn't check that Snapchat until like later today, and I was confused as fuck when I was was. through that. Yeah. Dear God. Um (laughs) He is ineffable, truly. Um Okay. Well, uh now we're gonna move into our last segment. Uh Charlie has a well earned uh right to do a grinds my sausage today. So, Chuck, with that, go ahead. Let loose, buddy. I'm going to turn my mic off for the record, and I'm, I'm going to let Chuck go.
1: You know what really grinds my gears? Gears, gears, gears. When
0: you see my face, up against you hell, up against you hell. When you walk my
1: way, up against you hell, up against you So like I said at the, at the top of the pod, uh, Browns lost again. That was a, a must-win game, a game that they – had to win a game. I thought they would win. Um, technically, they're, they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but for all intents and purposes, that they, they are out because with a loss to to Brandon Allen, I have a Kyle, I have a Kyle out. Brandon Allen, uh, they are capable of losing to every team. So I wrote up a document today. Did no work at work, and I wrote this up instead. Um, basically entitled. Um, It's almost statistically impossible to be this consistently bad for this long without ever accidentally being good. A history of the last 20 years of the Cleveland Browns. So as we all know, the Browns left in 95 and they came back in 99. And technically they kept their history, but no, from a football personnel standpoint, the Browns were an expansion team in 1999. So I thought that I would just do a quick rundown of basically – Everything, basically you're asking how it's possible to be this bad for this long. It's a perfect combination of awful draft picks and horrible people um, at the helm. So I will, I will go over this, uh, give you a quick rundown of the history of the Browns over the last 20 years. So 1999, the Browns, a new upstart uh, expansion team, um, where the AFC Central... That first year under head coach Chris Palmer, Does anybody ever know who Chris Palmer was? Nope. They finished two and fourteen and three and thirteen in his two years as head coach. I know what you're probably thinking: two years as head coach. Yep, because they fired him after two years. They stunk. Then in 2001, they hire Butch Davis, who had just turned around the Miami uh, University of Miami, the U Hurricanes football team, and was. Pulling them in the right direction, they actually won the national championship in 2001. His first year uh, left, their their OC took over. They won the national championship. His first year, the Browns went seven and nine. You're probably thinking, "Oh man, they're 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 looking up." They finished third in the AFC Central.
2: Ooh.
1: then in '02, we had the big uh, expansion and the the divisions realigned. So in the newly created AFC North, the Browns finished second, going nine and seven. Um, and making their first and only playoff appearance since coming back, which was a wild-card loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers by a final score of 36-33 to 33 in a game which the Browns led the entire game and were dominating. And then on the final two drives, Tommy Maddox, the quarterback of the Steelers, uh, led them to two touchdowns and a crushing defeat of the Browns. Then in 3 Thinking, oh, nine and seven, but will get better. Nope, went five and eleven. Laughs in the AFC North. Um, Butch Davis in 04, which is the next year, they went total four and twelve. Butch Davis got fired after 11 games, and then Terry Robinski got took go over the interim. Now you're thinking, okay, 05, time to start looking up. Hot new head coach, a man by the name of Romeo Cornell. He was the DC of the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. He's part of that coaching tree. Um so he took over. In his four years as head coach, and mind you, Romeo Cornell in his four years, that's the longest tenure that any Cleveland Browns coach has had uh, since they've come back in 99. It was four full seasons. They went 6-10, and 4-12, a and and rare above 500, 10-6 in 2007, and then 4-12 and 12 again, he gets canned. In 09, they hire the man genius straight off being fired from the New York Jets. They went five and eleven in both years, no playoff appearances. He gets canned. He would have been fired after one year, but they the Browns won, I think, five of their last six games to keep his job. Or they went one four of their last five or something. They went on this big run at the end of the year and he kept his job. Uh, two thousand eleven they hired somebody that John knows near and dear to himself, a I man by the name of Pat Shermer, who was the quarterback's coach for the St. Louis Rams at the time. Um he was labeled as a quarterback whisperer and the quarterback he had whispered to was Sam Darnold or sorry, not Sam Darnold. Sam Bradford was his, the quarterback he had whispered to. So basically they're like, so look at Sam Bradford. Cause Sam Bradford had that one year. I think he went to the pro bowl that last year with Pat Shermer. And they're like, all right, this guy'll be good. It is two years as Browns head coach. Browns went four and 12 and five and 11, fourth place in the AFC North both times. Um, in 2013, we had the great Rob Chudzinski experiment. One year under Rob Chudzinski, he was a former OC for the Browns. I forget where he was working beforehand. He gets kicked after one year, finishing last at the AFC North, going four and twelve. Then, after Trud was hired, this was the big this was when Chip Kelly was going to make his big jump to the NFL. He emerged as the front runner for the Browns job. And then talks broke down. He goes to the Eagles. Um Browns instead hire Mike Pett. That first year, the Browns were seven and four. They were outright, and they were an outright first place in the division. They lost, I think, the rest of their games. Finished seven and nine, end up finishing last of the AFC North. That was a, a year in which the Browns, sorry, the Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens all made the playoffs. Um were seven and nine. His next year, they take another step backwards. They go three and thirteen. He gets canned. Then in 2016, we have the worst coach on the list. Everybody's was excited about uh, Hugh Jackson and his two-plus years. They go 1-15, 0-16, do nothing. Uh, it's actually awful. Then last year, of course, Hugh gets fired after uh, eight games with a total record of 10 years of Browns head coach of 3-36-1. And they hire Greg Williams for the last eight games as the interim. He goes 5-3. And, three. and um, of course, they do not stick with Williams. They hire soup kitchens. This year the Browns are currently two and six. So just to recap, because that was a lot of information, with the AFC North form 2002. Okay. I will read you just of the four teams, I'll read you where the Browns finished in a division every year through 2018. Okay. Second, fourth, 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 second, fourth, fourth, third. Ooh, third. Fourth, 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 fourth. Third, that's just they've just been they've been bottom feeders of the division. They've been they've won the least amount of games since in the last twenty years. They have you know basically every stat where what's the worst team at this? It's always the Browns. So you're probably like, oh man, Browns probably got really unlucky with injuries and stuff. While we well, I'll read you off who the Browns drafted and who they could have had, notably in these time in this time. So I broke this down in the three uh, three trimesters here. From 99 to 04, from 05 to uh, 2010, and from 2011 to 2016. I stopped there because 2017 to 2018, most uh, of the Muslim players are still on the roster and the jury's still out on how good or bad they could possibly be. All right, so from 99 to 04, they're – Notable picks were Tim Couch, quarterback, Kentucky, first overall. Courtney Brown, defensive end, Penn State, first overall. Uh, Gerard Ward, defensive tackle, Florida, third overall. William Green, um, running back from Boston College, uh, 16th overall. Jeff Fain, center from Notre Dame, 21st overall. And Kellen Winslow Jr., a tight end from Miami, Florida, sixth overall. First guy on this list that the Browns drafted that was ever a pro bowler. He was a pro bowler in 07. So you saw those guys that I just read off. Here's who the Browns could have drafted but did not in that time period. Donovan McNabb, Dante Culpepper, Jamal Lewis, Brian Erlacher, Sean Alexander, Daniel Tomlinson, Richard Seymour, Santana Moss, Reggie Wayne, Drew Brees, Chad Johnson, Steve Smith, Ed Reed, Charles Bentley, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahey, Dallas Clark, Nandi Asimov, a- Anquan Bolden, Jason Witten, D'Angelo Hall, Ben Roethlisberger, Jonathan Vilma, Vince Wilfork, and Steven Jackson. Let that sit in for a minute. Those are all the guys that Browns passed up by. Now, it's not a perfect correlation because a lot of these, some of those guys were second and third round picks or even later round picks in the case of like Witten or uh, Steve Smith, or whatever. But uh, those are guys that the Browns reasonably could have drafted that they passed up on. From 2005 to 2010, this is who the Browns drafted. Uh, Braylon Edwards, third overall for Michigan. He actually made a Pro Bowl in 07. Guy by the name of Cameron Windley, 13th overall. Uh, they drafted in 07 uh, Joe Thomas, who was a 10-time Pro Bowler and future Hall of Famer. So I will not... Uh, Be mad at them for taking him ever. And I actually took off all the who would have been drafted from 07. I took them all out because they drafted a Hall of Famer and third overall. Um, They famously took Brady Quinn in that draft as well, 22nd overall. Um, Alex Mack they took uh, a few years later, 21st overall. He's been a six-time Pro Bowl, three with the Browns. That was not a bad pick. They took Brian Robischke. He was stunk. Uh, they drafted this guy named Muhammad Massacqua, who was awful for the Browns and later lost his hand in a car accident after his career. And then uh, later on, they actually made another decent pick with Joe Hayden. And then TJ Ward, actually, they, uh, they drafted him. And they famously drafted Colt McCoy as well. So in this stretch, this is who the Browns could have drafted, but again, didn't uh, Pac Man Jones, uh, Carlos Rogers, Demarcus Ware, Aaron Rodgers, Roddy White, Heath Miller. Uh, Antonio Cromarty, Tom Ali, Jonathan Joseph, D'Angelo Williams, Nick Bangle, Brandon Marshall, Elvis Dumerville, Jarriss Bird, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Wallace, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Graham, Geno Atkins, Cam Chancellor, and Antonio Brown. So basically the way that I got the who would have been was if it was a skill position player drafted after the Browns made their pick, or if it was the same position like it was an offensive lineman or defensive end or something that was just drafted after. The Browns. So Those are all guys the Browns passed up on and, and took other worse skill players and just other people. Then for 2011 to 2016, we enter the era that I call uh, players that are awful for the Browns, but really good for other teams. Uh, not every player is this, but a lot of them are. They drafted this guy named Phil Taylor from Baylor. I used to call him PT from B. Thought I was really sweet, 21st overall. And they drafted Jabal Shear that same draft. He was a defensive end for Pitt. Uh, he was on the uh, – I think he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots and is now on the Colts. There's like a starter for that. I think he went to a Pro Bowl too for one of them. Uh, the next year, they famously drafted this awesome draft of Trevor Richardson, third overall, Brandon Whedon, 22nd overall. And then they actually drafted Mitchell Schwartz in the second round, who was the first guy with the Browns like when his contract was up, the Browns couldn't franchise him for some reason. I think they were using it on somebody else. And uh, instead of, like, saying they don't want him, Mitchell Schwartz said he refused to resign with the Browns and said re with the Chiefs. He was an all-pro last season. And they drafted Travis Benjamin, who they cut, and then he went to the uh, Chargers and is still a starter on their team. So it was Barkeavis Mingo, who the Browns, I think, either cut or traded to the, to the Patriots for like the seventh-round pick. He was drafted sixth overall and won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, they drafted Justin Gilbert, 8th overall. Johnny Menzel, 22nd overall in the same draft. Uh, and they actually had a good back half of this draft. They drafted Joel Botonio, Christian Kirksey, Terrence West, Pierre Desir. Um, Terrence West, Pierre Zier had really good seasons for other teams. And Batonio was a pro Bowler last year. They drafted the next year uh, Danny Shelton and Cam Irving. Both them stink. Uh, they drafted Duke Johnson, who stinks as well. Then they drafted Corey Coleman and Emmanuel Ogba and Carl Nassib. Both Ogba and Nassib are big-time starters for other teams, and Coleman just stinks. Um, and they drafted Joe Schobert later in that draft, he was a Pro bowl somehow in 2017. So in that stretch, though, here are players the Browns could have drafted but chose not to. Julio Jones is a big one. The Browns had that pick that the Falcons – they traded that pick to the Falcons. The Falcons took Julio Jones. J.J. Uh, Watt, Cameron Jordan, Cameron Hayward, Kyle Rudolph, Matt Khalil, Luke Keekly, Stefan Gilmore, Dotari Poe, Fletcher Cox, Melvin Ingram, Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower, Janoris Jenkins, Bobby Wagner, Sheldon Richardson, who actually plays for the Browns now, so I don't know who wins there. Eric Reed, Kyle Long, Xavier Rhodes, DeAndre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell, Jamie Collins. Uh, Gilbert was eighth overall in his draft. I uh, Justin Gilbert. The next nine picks have all made Pro Bowls. They are as follows Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Juan, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, and CJ Mosley. The following nine picks all have all made Pro Bowls. Do what Justin Gilbert did? Dick. Uh, they could have Melvin Gordon, Marcus Peters, Byron Jones, Landon Collins, David Johnson. They traded, they traded the, the Carson Wentz pick to the Eagles. Um, the Browns fired all their scouts that said Carson Wentz wouldn't be a good player. Uh, he is. He would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt. Uh, they could have drafted Will Fuller, Michael Thomas, and Dion Jones. So um, since in the last 20 years, the Browns have 27 drafted players who made Pro Bowls. For the Browns, uh, ten of them are Joe Thomas, uh, and then the other f- five more are Alex Mack, who left the Browns because he refused to play there, and Josh Cribbs, who made it as a kick returner um, both times. Uh, so basically, I mean, this is a very brief sort of description as to what's happened, but it's basically just systematic incompetence. Um, cultural failures, uh, just the the level of ignorance that has surfaced and just made itself so prevalent in the Browns organization is, is astounding. Like I said, it's almost statistically impossible to be statistically bad for this long without ever accidentally being good. If, if you look at the other bad franchises, the Raiders – have been good for certain years. The Redskins have been good for certain years. The Cowboys, who make fun of them, were, were always really good, um, or were at least halfway decent. The Buccaneers have made surges. The Titans have made surges. The Dolphins made surges. Um, the Jets went to the AFC championship game two times in a row. The Bills made the playoffs finally, like, and have been decent. Like, literally every other team has had a, a blip. At least a blip of competence that the Browns have been unable to to match. As we're looking this year, uh super catches is probably gonna get fired after this year as well. They're gonna start this whole thing all over again. Um yeah, they've been through however many GMs as well. the GMs get fired almost as often as the coaches do. Um I think Dorsey's having a decent. We'll see if he if he lasts. The Browns have the Torsley battle. It's just a whole, it's a systematic culture of ignorance and ineptitude. And I reach a breaking point with the Browns here. I, every year, I hold on as long as possible that they'll be halfway decent. I hold on past, like, to the, to the very end point of rational fanship. I hold on to the brother. that Browns can be good until finally i like do it. If they stink. This year, the loss to the Broncos, that was a game I thought they were when They stink. They just stick again. They're gonna. They they stick again. It, it happened again. I hope the Freddie Kitchens uh, does not get fired this year because if somebody else comes in, they might accidentally do what they're supposed to, and the Browns could win a few games on the back end here and just get a worse draft pick. That's right. I talked about the draft already. Normally, um, in, in the years of the Browns been really bad. A draft comes up in like week five or week six. I thought for sure. I never have to talk about the draft for the next five years because we'd be in the playoffs and then we would care out the playoff games. Nope. Talk about the draft. But I a fucking offensive tackle or just a fucking old lineman get some guys like a fucking tackle as linebackers and defend. it's just the whole thing. The Browns stink. It's it's almost unbelievable that they're this bad again as it looks. I mean you, I guess we don't know if if you wanna if you have like a life or death bet on the Browns making the playoffs and you were you're feeling good, I guess the the one bolt they have left in the gun is that Kareem Hunt comes back this week against the Bills and you know he's an explosive player, but um, I've got no faith that Soup Kitchens can, um, you know, find a way to incorporate him into the offense. He's shown me the inability to do this so thus far. Um, so they're probably sunk again. I, I guess, like I said, mathematically, they still have got a chance to make the playoffs. I guess with Kareem Hunt, I guess they're like, oh, maybe they can do it. No, they're not going to do shit. Uh, Baker's regressed. There's, problems There's the problems on defense. so still problems on defense. The scheme and everything is, is awful. And Soup Kitchens looks lost. And I, and I hope that they make some drastic moves with the, in the coaching staff this offseason. I'd love to get a veteran guy in there, but we'll see. Um, so that grinds my grinds my sausage this week. Um, yeah. John, any thoughts on any thoughts on that, John?
0: Uh, um, first off, stunning work, very well researched. I, you, you told me that you were going to be doing this, and I expected a lot. I didn't expect that much, so a tip of the cap first of all. Uh, my only question would be. When you were going through the coaches, the thing that struck me was just how quickly the turnaround is every time. And you mentioned a little bit with the GMs. That seems like there's never going to be an opportunity to actually get good. Like if you keep firing coaches when they do like, you know, like a six, a five or six win season two years in a row, probably in my mind is not enough to like, go like oh, let's just can this guy.
1: Yeah, and so the the thing with so the Browns, uh, my uncle, as everybody knows, is the editor of the Atlanta paper. So we just talked to, talk to the, the the Falcons owner, um, the Falcons president, and stuff like yes. Yeah, so what do you think about the Browns? The Browns forever, and they might very much are probably still caught in this. We're caught in this ever evolving cycle of they wanted to be good, then they kept saying they were going to build stuff. But they never gave it enough time to develop. So they were caught in this in this constant sort of retread cycle. Uh, I ain't mentioned it before, but I'll say it now. Starting with Eric Mangini, we entered uh, the era of five-year plans. <laughs> so basically every coach, every new GM came in and said, we've got a five-year plan together starting now, starting with this season – with this draft about how we're going to build this team and get relevant again. Um, no coach got more than two years and change into their five year plan. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah. I said, so Romeo Cornell went four full seasons. Then Schirmer, sorry, Mangini, Shermer, Patton and Jackson. Cause Jackson, I guess Jackson went two and a half seasons. Um, so Mangini, Shermer, Trzaski, Patton, and Jackson all went basically two years or less in their like in, in, in their tenure. Trzaski was a one, was a one and done, and I mean it looks like Super Kitchens is probably a, a one and done um, this year. It, it, the also it, part of this was like the Hasles bought the team, and I think twenty ten, I think it was maybe maybe it was twenty eleven. I think it was in the middle of the Shermer um, regime. Era? Um, Yeah, the Shermer era. And so, like, they went through a few owners. Like, the the first owner died, his son took over, and he didn't want (laughs) to be the owner. He only wanted to be the owner from a financial standpoint. He didn't want to have to make any, like, football or, like, personnel decisions. So, he hired Mike Holmgren to basically be, like, the president, but also, like, the owner, like, the de, de facto owner. Basically, he had total autonomous control of the team. That didn't work. Um, and then they just kept churning through GMs and, and various things. It, it, the Browns, for many years, it's like they would, after guys would get fired, or, or things would happen where you're like, how on earth does this just happen in a professional organization? You, you had never heard this stuff before, where you're like, it, it was like literally news. You're like, oh my God, if they found a new way to fuck this up. So we're still in this cycle I mean if I had to look forward it seems like John Dorsey they're coming to John Dorsey as a GM for the long term that being said step. Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam has said that he was committed to Sashi bronze a GM for five years and again he pulled he ended Sashi's tenure in year three of his five-year rebuild plan um so you don't really don't know what what Jimmy Haslam's gonna 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 end up doing um, uh, but yeah, it, it looks like soup kitchens is probably going to be out after this year. And, uh, hopefully Dorsey can find, find the new guy. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but the Brown, brown stink. I've got no, like I said, like, I thought, okay, Kyle, uh, Brandon Allen, call him Kyle on Brandon Allen. <laughs> and locked Allen. up, like never played. That's a win. I was like, it was like, they win that game. They get some momentum. Like I think they're gonna lose. Like I, I, I can't look at one team on the schedule now. Maybe the Dolphins. Maybe, maybe. they just beat up on the Jets. Maybe the Bengals at home fits magic. Like maybe the Bengals at home. Ryan, like they could. Pro- they're probably gonna win that one. Like I can't look at any other game and reasonably, like <laughs> rationally, make a make a point that that they've showed me anything they can. They'll they, they've got a guaranteed win there. So, uh, we'll see. Um, like I said, I think soup Kitchen's makes it to the end of the year simply because I, I hope that nobody else can come in and fix it like, you know, a little bit. And they can win some games I shouldn't and just get a worse draft pick. So, yeah, so th- th- that is what I've got.
0: Uh, yeah. And I, I will say while well, I'm usually against the pulling a coach after one year thing, because especially like you said, if there's systemic issues, what are they going to be able to get done in one year? Uh, But in this case, Freddie Kitchens just looks more lost than any coach should be in terms of how undisciplined the team is, in terms of how poorly managed the team is. It just it looks like not only that he probably won't figure it out, but just that he's probably going to impede a lot of player development on the way.
1: Yeah, like I said, the the big comparison, it's tough for Freddie because – there's almost a direct comparison with what the Cardinals did with Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals were like, we want Cliff Kingsbury to be our, our offensive coordinator. And the only way that happens is if we make him our head coach. That was basically what, what, their, what their line of thinking was. Yeah, The Browns were the same way. And so they wanted Freddie to stay as the OC. But in order to keep him as that, they had to make him the head coach because A – you can't force a new head coach to hire. You got to let a guy hire his own staff. And also, Freddie was getting an OC job, probably elsewhere. Yeah, with the performance they put on last season. <clears throat> um, so this, and it's worked out relatively well. The Cardinals are by no means like a great team and running perfectly, but like they've got some things cooking. Like they're clearly like building something there. They like they, you know they're saying like Murray is clearly like developing, and you know they've got some things that are working um, with with their young receivers and running backs and stuff. Uh, and the Browns he got the opposite. Yeah. So, um, like I said, he, he just looks way over his head, which is fine. I mean, he was basically a running backs <laughs> coach that kind of was the became the OC and then. Now a head coach. That's a big yeah. jump to
0: make for – In like six months. In the NFL. Yeah,
1: basically, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I guess you, you technically get better, but B, uh, he does not does not seem good.
0: No. No, he does not. All right. Well, thank you, Chuck. Uh, I think we, we should cut yeah. it there. <laughs> you uh, you earned some grievances there. And it, like I said at the top, you earned it. Thanks, John. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, now we're going to move on to our predictions. Uh, but first, we got to recap last week. So, Chuck, this is semi-historic. And again, correct cal- me if I'm cal- wrong. You've here. climbed the mountain,
1: John. You've climbed the mountain.
0: Well, I've almost climbed the mountain. I'm, I'm, I will call it climbing the mountain when I'm finally ahead. So this week, uh, or last week, I went. 3 and 2 Chuck went 2 and 3 which if you remember our standings from last week which you all do cuz you follow us so avidly that puts us dead even both of us at 25 and 20 uh yep. still not an incredible win percentage for either of us but you know again we're over 500 which is realistic we got to beat the coin you know to bring it back to last yes, season this,
1: yes yeah we got to beat the coin got to so. beat
0: the coin if, if we flip the coin we have to be better than that coin every time uh, so, with that being said, Chuck, I believe you are the one who is going to be walking us through all of our marquee matchups. So, why don't you go ahead and show us the way? All righty. So, we
1: will start with um, the Alex first Chuck game, which I'm calling the statement win game. Okay. I'm doing nothing. No marquee matchup. Every game's got its own calling okay, card. Yeah. Statement win game. Um. So, if you look... Uh, I'm gonna have a big projection this week once I get a defense you in, will. but projections be they, nothing.
0: They're, I can not confirm important. that as I lost to Garrison.
1: Um, yeah. So looking okay, at Alex's team, so the Rams are in Pittsburgh playing against the Steelers. The Steelers' defense has been doing yeah. something bizarre um, recently. Yeah, they're they're looking really really good. Uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick trade appears <laughs> to be paying dividends people that was like that's a, a, a good organization the Steelers they make this trade when they're own and four and people are like what are they doing trading their first round pick um for for a guy that they're, they're, they're gonna need that pick to draft a quarterback or something it could be a top five or top ten pick they, they're four and five now I think
0: uh, yeah um
1: that's right they're Back and they're within striking distance of the Ravens for the division. Four. Well in they're place,
2: four, straight, yeah. uh, four and four.
1: Sorry, yeah, well in place to to get a wild card berth because the AFC is not looking great. So, so they're they're back. They're even just playing great. So that could be <clears> troublesome <throat> for both Goff and Gurley. But coming off a of bye, you have to assume the Rams will be ready for that game. Mark Ingram is playing Cincy. Big poop team. Cincy, they are the last of the winless teams. Uh, they're coming off a bye though as well, so, so we shall see. But they're starting Ryan Finley at uh, at quarterback, so we'll see how that goes. People forget the Red Rocket no longer in 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 there at, uh, at in Cincy. Allen Robinson's playing Detroit, which yeah. it, it, Detroit's defense I think is pretty good. Darius he'll Slay, is, there, he's a, he'll be on him, and Mitch Trubisky yeah. stinks so. A lot going for uh, against Alex, potentially. Also, Hooper playing uh, the Saints, the Falcons coming off a bye as well. He's been good. He'll get some points there. And Jalen Samuels summoned in for the injured James Connor at Steelers running back in Alex's flex spot. Um, the Rams, we'll see what the Rams' defense does. That, that's been funny because in order for the Rams to win that game, they are going to have to shut down Jalen Samuels. So it could be one of those sort of uh double edged sword things for ALOC. My squad finally, <clears throat> John, I'm o after my big trade with Paul, which I'm now owing to since making that trade, um, finally healthy. Or hopefully healthy. Yeah, you better oh, not go wood, beak. Chuck. Still yeah, see some cues. Yeah, a lot of the cues will be there forever. <laughs> um but I'm finally able to field what is my quote unquote starting lineup. Um of Matt Ryan, Saquon, Kamara, Jones, Cooper, Darren Waller, Melvin Gordon. Um, I guess the Patriots defense will be in there, but I'll have to get up a new defense for that. A basin crossbar. Um, <laughs> on paper, the names get the get the blood pumping on paper there.
0: They yeah, you know? they do.
1: <clears throat> a lot of big name guys in there. That being said, we will see Matt Ryan, the Saints defense has been really, really good, but you have to assume Julio Jones will find uh, ways to be productive, especially with them coming off of a bye. Um, they're in the Superdome now, so you really never know. <laughs> could be an absolute collapse for the Falcons. The Falcons are going to lose that game, but their defense is so bad, they'll get down by like 30, and they'll have to slay them to get back. So that could be some garbage time points there. On the other side of the coin, though, Camara um, – <clears throat> The Falcons' defense stinks, so he should be do yeah, well. And Barkley get the Jets. Uh, Gordon's got um, Oakland. The Oakland Waller has the Chargers. Uh, really, the only awful matchup I have is uh, Cooper's going up against uh, Minnesota's defense, and we'll see how how uh, Dak Prescott manages there. But um, I think just with with the skill and potential for breakouts that I have. Um, and also, this has been about a ten-minute description of, <laughs> of, of this game. Um, I'm gonna go with myself. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, to keep it brief, I'm coming. Uh, I'm also gonna pick you. Uh, the only thing I will add: this game, pretty big implications to the East. You very much need this one to keep yourself alive. If you want to maybe somehow make a comeback here and eke out a first-round by.
1: So yeah, so this is big. So this week I got Alex who <clears throat> played, and I win that would put me a game back. Um, I play Mike or Ben next week, one of those two. But Alex plays Colin, I believe, who's just been on an absolute tear. Yeah. So, so this, so this, could, this is a very big game. <laughs> uh, huge implications for this in the East, as well as with Brian Gibbs, which we'll get to later. But yeah, so I'm going with myself. You've got me as well. Moving yeah. on, next we have the Zach versus Paul game, which is yes. the loser leaves town game, of course. So let me just. Uh, Pull it up. Righty. Solution of town. So, um, Zach coming off a big win last week. Paul off a loss. Um, I'll keep this brief. Lamar Jackson, Lamar sweet. Marlon Mack and Eckler playing the uh, Dolphins and Raiders. And Mike Evans, who just scores a million points a game now, um, is playing Arizona, whose defense is not good. Even if Patrick Peterson's in there. Kyle Murray's got uh the Buccaneers who have been pretty stingy um as of oh, late. Yeah. They've not won any of the games, but they've been very stingy about it.
0: They've been in them.
1: Yes, they've been in them. Uh Lev Bell playing the Giants, I don't know. Jacobs playing the uh the Chargers again. Big course work with the Chargers. They just put a thumping on the Packers all of a sudden. So that defense could be back, who knows? Um uh uh Cooper Cup, sorry. Against the resurgence of Pit Defense and Keenan Allen stinks. Um yeah. So with that, I am going with Paul because I like <clears throat> I I the, the top 4 or 5 on Paul's squad their matchups. <laughs> I'm really liking that so I'm going with him.
0: Yeah, I agree with you here. Uh this game is very interesting to me purely because both of these teams are on tremendous skids. And essentially, one of those two skids has to stop this weekend. So that's just a pretty interesting narrative. You know, who can maybe start to try to build a little momentum to maybe get back into the playoff talk, the playoff discussion, talk, whatever. Um, And, yeah, I agree with you. Paul has a lot of Cincinnati, Miami, Oakland. Usually when you see guys with multiple players going up against those teams in their lineups, they're just going to come away. Those are just too soft of matchups. So, yeah, I like Paul. Sounds
1: good. All right, moving on. Next, we have the Are We Sure They're Good game, which is Colin versus Garrison.
0: Which, before you get into it, I should clarify and apologize to Charlie for throwing him out of the bus last week for saying that he was the one that said that Colin's game was the Are We Sure They're Good game. I was incorrect. I had it flipped, uh, and I was the one that said that. Yeah. so my bad. Still not sure Con's good. I don't buy it, but you know, yeah. I just I deserve
1: so, the blame. So hold on. So here's the here's the thing: is people are like, all right, he's just being a dick now. But here's the thing: this is there's actually things here that are like, yeah, maybe. So Pat Mahomes, um, <clears throat> nobody's doubting if he's good. People are doubting what he looks like after his injury. Now is his injury healed? What is he gonna look like now? Um, th- the big talk when he hurt his ankle the first time when he was still playing was. Once his moment, once you kill that little bit of he's he's mobile. He's not like a runner, but he's elusive and definitely mobile. Once you in the cut, pocket. yeah, once you cut that mobility, it really limited his effectiveness all of a sudden. Yeah. So that so that so that's a definite question. How is ankle hold up? Is he just a bad roll away again, or a bad hit away from another ankle injury? Like basically, what is his what, what is he going to be doing? Is he have to like, going to favor the other ankle, whatever? Nick Chubb, um, like I said before, the return of Kareem Hunt, huge question into how does this impact Nick Chubb's snaps? How, how do they use both of them? How does this fantasy score uh, change? Um, so that's yes, yeah, so that's going to be actually a, actually a big question. Is are we sure Nick Chubb's good still? All of a sudden, I think Nick, I think this very well could drop Nick Chubb out of that. You know, top five, six running back, maybe back to like a fifteenth or sixteenth running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you just don't know. You don't know. And a. a Ron Jones, um, got just bodied last week. All of a sudden, um, yeah, by
0: the he's, by the Chargers. But he's starting Jamal Williams. So if that happens, maybe I'm Jamal seeing, Williams will pick up the slack.
1: Uh, I'm seeing
0: a. a Ron Jones here. Well, no, look at his flex. Oh, I see. <laughs> Colin right, so starting both Packers Questionable question
1: we'll move by Colin because DeAndre Hawkins is out, but uh, Jamal Williams, both Packers running backs in there. So that'll be interesting. And then Pop Lock and drop it. Um, nobody's questioning if he's good, but he's playing San Fran. And on the back half of the stretch now, he's got San Fran, Philly, Minnesota, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. Not the easiest mashups there from a defensive back standpoint.
0: Besides Philly. So,
1: besides for uh Philly. Because they still yeah. haven't found their elusive S- defensive back they're trying to trade for.
0: It's so hard.
1: Um, yeah. So that's so, so a lot of questions there. I I refuse to acknowledge Chris Godwin as a really, really good fantasy player. How? With how I, Mike Evans is too good. Like I don't understand how they both like
0: that's that's the thing. Mike Evans has been the inconsistent one this year. Yeah, I know, but he
1: still gets a thousand points a week. All of a sudden, I don't like Chris Godwin still. I just I just will never like Chris Godwin. And the Kittle cat. We don't, people still don't know how good Jimmy G is. Moving to the other side, um, Scary Gary. If Giant, if you would have taken a bet for the, would anybody have bet Scary Gary would be five and four in the driver's seat of a playoff spot, of a playoff
0: spot. I didn't even know that he was that like. He has done this very quietly and all of a sudden yes. is like. So sneaky. He seems like he. It is more likely at this point that he will make the playoffs than that he will not make the playoffs, which, given how close we all are right now, the fact that he has that extra game is huge yeah. at this point.
1: Outright lead, out, sorry, outright second place in the West. Like I said firmly in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. That being said, um, not a great week for Scary Gary. Uh, Zach Ertz being on by. Now, that being said, Stafford against the Bears D. Uh, people don't know about the Bears. The, the Bears offense can be so bad that the D can get tired and Stafford can get big, big time. Jared Kennedy's got a good matchup against KC. Brady's got a decent matchup against San Fran playing against the... Uh, Playing behind the San Fran O line with their zone blocking and a, and a Shanahan coach team, Breeder could very well go off. Uh, Tevin Coleman, very, potentially very very good. Um, or sorry, Juju, I don't want to say Tevin Coleman. Juju Smith Schuster,
0: different, potentially back.
1: Yeah, potentially very good. Marvin Jones is back. We'll see about him. Earths being on by hurts him. He'll have to put in a sub there. Nobody on this bench will be, be picking one up soon. And then OBJ is a big wild card. The Browns might turn around. Who fucking knows? Is he at this yeah. point? He's, he's he's definitely a wild card because you 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 look at like the Jets game. He is a guy where he can just take a two yard slant to the house at any given time. Like that is always a possibility with OBJ. He is one of those guys where you you are just waiting for the shooter to drop and have him to break out. So he, he's. He's like a perfect flex guy, honestly, at this point, with how the Browns are playing in that. You you know, you hope he gets at least 10 or 12, but he could very well drop 25 all of a sudden. So we will see. Um, But that being said, uh, Scary Gary is just, just too down this week. I'm going with Colin to keep the train rolling and pick up his eighth consecutive win.
0: Uh... Uh, so once again, I do agree with you here. Uh, I question the uh, two packers running back move, but uh, I was talking about it with Colin today, and he kind of read me off some of their numbers together while they've been you know active at the same time. Bizarrely, both okay, like not as one sided as you would expect, so it, it could work potentially uh but yeah i agree with a lot of your points i think odell and juju are both going to struggle for gary Uh, i think the bills have a a, a above average defense which seems like enough to knock off the browns and the rams juju is going to be seeing a lot of Jalen ramsey which just always hurts so i think collins is going to have a little bit of an easier time matchup wise which is going to be too much for gary to overcome in this one so i'm taking colin
1: very very nice okay Moving on to the Mike vs Brian game, which I am calling the we'll be sure they're bad game. I like it. So whoever loses this one, we're we're positive they're bad. Uh one of these teams is, is <laughs> has to make the play one of these has to make the playoffs. I mean like not technically, but one of these teams probably will.
0: And this this is a this is a big game. I think um, one is a lot more likely than the other.
1: One one is, but once you, if if Mike wins this game, he's only game behind Brian, and then you know, anything can happen.
0: Dominoes like, start last... to fall. Sure. Yeah. Do... yeah exactly.
1: So, but this is the will be sure they're bad game. Though if if Mike loses, um, he's definitely probably out of it, and he stinks. And if Brian <laughs> loses, uh, then he definitely stinks because he lost to Mike. So
0: <laughs> we agree there.
1: Yeah. All right, so moving forward. Mike is back. With, with Bisterling, Russell Wilson is an animal. Um, There's no denying that, but he's playing San Fran. So that game also, incredible Monday night game. Seahawks, 49ers.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good game.
1: Should, should be. Hopefully will be a great game. Uh, Zeke's playing Minnesota. Dalvin Cook is playing Dallas. Little, you know, crosstown throw down there for old Bisterling. Um, Dallas did a really, really good job containing uh, Saquon Barkley. Shutting really, down. He broke that one big run in the fourth quarter, and that was really it outside of, you know, just he did an okay fantasy because he had a couple of those screens and stuff that, you know, he just caught. Yeah. But really did a good job uh, containing him, shutting him down. Um, and, I I mean, Dalvin Cook's very, very good, but very similar you know, style thing. He's more of a runner, even than Barkley is. So, so we shall see. Uh, Kenny Galladay is playing the Bears, and so who knows? Uh, the one interesting one for me is with Adam Thielen most likely out, and Cortland Sutton on by um, Brian Rowland, with DK Metcalf <laughs> in the wide re- in the wide receiver two. It's
0: better than Calvin Ridley, uh, probably.
1: Probably is better than Calvin Ridley, especially with the quote up against the Saints, but. Like I said, San defense—just something really, really good about them. It'll be interesting to see if Richard Sherman is on Metcalf or if they move him into the slot to play off of Lockett, or what, mm. what they decide to do. That's a good question. Um to so be a really interesting matchup for Brian. Um, moving over to to Shlong's team. Uh, Dak Prescott against Minnesota. Like I said. Uh, you know, big questions there with how good that defense could be. The return of David Johnson against a Tampa Bay defense has been very, very good against the run. Um Latavius Murray, not Camara, is hopefully, <clears throat> knock on wood, healthy. Uh Probably in a bad day. And then Mike's receivers, just Gallup. I don't like Gallup. I think he's, you know. I don't he, he, he his, his production comes on like a, a weird, like, Garbage play. Uh, well, he caught the one touchdown, um, so he had a decent game. But only two receptions yesterday against the Giants, who are not a very good team. He's also not the guy that draws the Giants' best corner
0: either. He's also so, he's I, their third receiver, really, because you got to say he's probably behind Witten in terms of Prescott's like. You and know,
1: also, check uh, out of the slot, Randall Cobb got a lot of targets. It seems like he did. Yesterday, so a few fumbles, so for yeah, a lot of targets. Yeah, so there's a lot. So there's a lot uh, going against Gallup there, and then Tyree Kill is very, very fast. We saw. I think we all saw that highlight he's where he chased so down,
0: funky.
1: chased down his own player, throwing a touchdown.
0: He had a like thirty um, yard lead. Yeah,
1: so he's very, very fast. Um, third leg, Greg or Mike Williams, not getting the uh, not getting the blood pump in there. Um, I really want to pick Mike though. <sighs> You know what? I'm doing it. I'm going with I'm going with Shalong here.
0: Wow. Um so I was very much on the fence about this one. Cause I don't like either of these teams. Mike's team, as yeah. you've just outlined, is tough looking. And Brian's team, all of the matchups kind of suck. Like all of them.
1: If I was Mike, I would roll with I put Watkins in over Gallup and just be like, maybe it'd be one of those days where Pat Mahomes slings, slings. and it's just everybody and everybody just scores <clears throat> touchdowns.
0: I just, I don't know. So yeah, I'm very much on the fence. I went back and forth between Mike and Brian a couple times. times. Uh, I just, I don't have enough faith in some of Mike's guys. It's going to take Latavius Murray having a, big day, even with Kamara back in David Johnson is going to have to do something against Tampa Bay, Prescott and Gallup against Minnesota. Like these are just all bad matchups um, and in worse guys than Brian's guys, essentially. So on the back of that, I, I got to take Brian uh, though. I will admit it is not confidently.
1: Yeah. Uh, that one's the, like I said, it's a, we will be sure they're bad game. Yeah. All right. And last, but of course, certainly not least, or maybe least, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. We are going to the John First Ben matchup. John, you are heading on the road. Take it on. Benjamin Hood in our East-West East matchup Big here away game. In the whatever-you-both-stink game. Okay. I, I mean, you both do. Uh, Ben's very bad uh just awful. Just really just terrible. Um that that I agree.
0: That
1: uh... with with Lamar uh sorry Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson Deshaun Watson uh being out um Ben's that was Ben that was Ben's like magic bullet was he could throw up forty and put Ben into a game. But going down the line, Chris Carson again playing San Fran, was defensive just on fire David Montgomery plays for the Bears. Uh, Stephon Diggs plays – Kirk Cousins is his quarterback. DJ Moore, you know, I think that this Kyle Allen luck is going to have to run out at some point. Do you, am I crazy to think that?
0: Uh, I don't know because uh, my thing is I, I think now that they're settled in with him, they know what his limitations are. It's not like they're asking him to sling and throw 50 passes. It, and it, win a game.
1: it is true. Now that it came officially out – like, there is no looking over his shoulder type of thing going on anymore.
0: Yeah, he's a system quarterback, you know? Yeah. All right, and there's nothing all right, wrong all right, with all
1: right. that. So, so, maybe maybe D.J. Moore will have a good game then. Maybe Kyle Allen, you know, can do something. I don't know
0: about that, well, s- but... <laughs> yeah.
1: But, hey, Mark Andrews, who knows? He, he's been awesome. He's, he's the seventh overall tight end, essentially because of his first two weeks. Yeah, it looks really, great on paper. Yeah, he... So he he, he kind of stinks. And Joe Mixon really does stink. He, so yeah, um, he's averaging ten points a week somehow. Basically because he scored seventeen last week. Um, but yeah, he stinks. And they're playing the the Ravens, who are just rolling right now. So I don't I don't I, I don't want, I, I would not want to play the Ravens right now. They are rolling. No. Switching sides to you, Mister John. Yes, sir. Uh, easy breezy. Back in the starting lineup, finally. No finally. more injury. No injury designation needed anymore.
0: Him and Devontae Adams.
1: Look at that turf toe. Turf toe. Finally, finally healed all the way. Um. But yeah, you get you get them. They're playing uh, Atlanta and Carolina, respectively. I think both in line for big games. You've got Golden Tate and Evan Ingram. Heavy Giants. Well, heavy on the Bills and Giants, as I see now. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Might as well. Might as well. Uh, You're playing the Jets and the Browns.
0: I'm banking on that, yeah.
1: uh, The Browns don't tackle. So all that John Brown needs to do is run an angle at a Browns defensive back, and he will miss the tackle. And Frank Gore will probably average between four – to six yards per carry. Um, Because the Browns, again the linebackers don't really tackle that well either. But your big, I mean, obviously your issue in the hole is you've got Christian McCaffrey playing Green Bay, who had a couple weeks there of really, really good defense. um, And then just got gashed again. um, By the
0: Chargers. Against the run.
1: Against the run. Um, They've been gashed back to back. um, Sort of times now. So, I expect a huge day from McCaffrey. He's shown me nothing that would make me think otherwise. Um, he's obviously the number one player in fantasy right now to have. Um, and I think he keeps rolling this week. And As a result of all of those things and Ben's team mostly being bad, uh, I'm going with you this week, John.
0: Uh, Yeah, just to save us some time. I'm going with me for pretty much all the exact reasons that you just lined out. Uh, Watson on buy is the big thing for Ben. That just That's going to kill him. Ten times out of yeah. ten, uh, the one thing that I will mention is that it is incredible that we are this deep in the season, and Ben, though at two and seven, is nowhere near mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Like, hey, it is insane, keepers, man.
1: Increased parity in this
0: league. They, I mean, I think that's this is the best. Like, you know, comment on it that like we're literally at a point where Ben, though again, not having a particularly great season. But things are just so even across the board that if Ben wins three of the last four, he like will almost certainly at least have a shot at it. He will probably have it, honestly. If he wins yeah. out, I would near guarantee that he's in the playoffs. It's insane.
1: That's a big if if he wins out. But uh, It is, but it I is mean, possible.
0: usually at this point, you know, four weeks left, the last team is pretty much mathematically eliminated. That's true. But not not so this year.
1: Okay. Hey.
0: Uh, okay. Well, thank you for that, Chuck. Appreciate it as always. Uh, title cards. Um, so I think that's about going to do it for us. Chuck, do you have any uh, final thoughts you didn't share in Grinds My Sausage?
1: Uh, go Bucks.
0: Oh, agreed. Um, I'm going to be there, actually. So that's going to be miserable. <laughs> uh okay well as always uh, everybody be sure to set your lineups um, we will see you guys all back here next week for what I'm sure is going to be another thrilling installment of the pod but until then peace So